0: Hello and welcome back to inside the USFL heading into week eight of the season. We got two teams clinched for the USFL playoffs. Uh, one is the New Jersey generals and the other is the Birmingham stallions. And with me is center for the stallions, Jordan McRae. How's it going? How are you feeling? Obviously you gotta be feeling pretty good. Uh, undefeated only team with the win against every other team in the league. So, uh, Obviously, morale has to be pretty high right now. Yeah,
1: definitely. Uh, We're feeling good um, winning a lot of these close games. And um, even though we're not playing at the absolute best that we feel that we can now, being able to correct mistakes with a win is always better than playing amazing and a loss. So uh, we're happy to be where we're at right now and just happy to keep getting better, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, we we talked about it early in the season and it's still holding true. Uh, You guys like to come alive in the second half of games. (laughs) You like to keep things close. I think they were saying like minus 11 point margin or something in the first half of games entering last game. And then fourth quarter, you guys usually turn it on and you did it once again this week uh, against Pittsburgh. Uh-huh. Um, definitely an interesting game. It was a hard fought game on both sides. Uh, just talking about the game specifically before we get into the league as a whole, Um One question that did pop into my mind, because I've heard from quarterbacks, I've heard from uh, coaches what their point of view on this is. But from you as an offensive line point of view, uh, do you have a preference about whether you want to start with the ball at the beginning of the game or at the beginning of the second half?
1: Uh, I would, in my opinion, I know I would rather start with the ball um, and, you know, Mm -hmm. establish, establish a game like that, offensively
0: score, So uh, we broke up a little bit. I heard you saying you'd rather start with the ball, want to set the tone right away. Um, Mm Kind of drifted out at that point. But basically, you want to set the tone for the game from your point of view?
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, I think that makes sense. But, I mean, uh, this game, obviously, you guys took the ball coming out of the second half. I think you guys have done that more often than not this season. Yeah. And it's been working. You guys have come out of halftime. Uh, definitely correcting mistakes. You guys have really excelled at in game adjustments, uh, which is interesting because I think we have a closer look into both sidelines as a fan watching the USFL more than obviously NFL because we are, uh, we got more mics on people, more mics on players and coaches mm-hmm. and all that. And I think from your guys' sideline at all times, it really does seem like you guys are working through things. Uh, you hear Coach Holtz talking with Jamar, talking with Alex, uh, what they're seeing, what they need to actually do, and we've talked about the relationship between Holtz and J-Mar in terms of they already have that built uh, chemistry where he can just be straight up with them, saying you need to do this, you're not seeing this, and I think that really has uh, been been really good for you guys. Whereas on the Pittsburgh side, I'm not sure if you guys had anything or if you heard anything, but like. Pulling their quarterback basically before the two minute drill because of body language and stuff like that. It was uh uh definitely you could tell chemistry was kind of the difference between both teams in this past game. Okay. Did I feel like that on the field at all or not really?
1: Uh, I couldn't really feel it on the field. Their defense is playing pretty well. Um, we we had a lot of uh, self inflicting wounds on offense, so defense they they were doing a bit of their job. But uh no, I, I didn't I didn't hear about anything on their sideline. That's interesting. I didn't. Uh, I didn't know. I did. I did notice that fourteen came in the game, but I didn't know if twelve was banged up or anything like that. I. Yeah, that's uh, that's crazy. Man. I didn't know that.
0: No, he was just uh, hanging his head a little bit, I guess. And uh, it, I mean, it's a chicken salad situation all over again. and It's the same coach, so whatever, <laughs> whatever <laughs> we want to say there. Um, talking about self inflicted mistakes, though. I mean, yeah. we can talk about the offensive line. I believe it's 14 sacks over the past four games you guys have given up. Yeah. So, like, you're watching film. You're doing self-scout preparing for this next week. What is it that you guys are trying to address? What is it that you guys, you think you need to fix to limit these sacks and mistakes?
1: Uh, a lot of it is it's just technique, technique assignments, and then also just uh, communication on the line. And that that boils down to me. Um you know, making sure guys know where their help is coming from, uh, knowing the proper set angles to take when, when they do t- um, get into those one-on-one passport situations or if we're sliding the line. And uh, a lot of that is very, very uh, correctable mistakes. And uh, we just got to be more locked in. Um, and that starts with me, so I'll, I'll, I'll make sure that we get back on board, especially uh, heading into the end of the season and then going into the playoffs.
0: Yeah, I think the good news is it's not like you guys are getting bullied up front. It's not like you guys are getting pushed over and giving up sacks. It truly does seem like it's a communication error or something like that, which, to your point, once people are in the right spots at the right time, it, they're good to go. So I right. think that's, a good, that's the good news there. Um, I, Like I talked about with receiving the ball uh, at the beginning of the, whichever half, I know what the quarterbacks and coaches like typically – you guys were pinned inside the five yard line a couple times, which I know again, punters, quarterbacks, they hate it. They don't have the room. They can't see whatever it is. They just feel uncomfortable from a center's point of view, an offensive line's point of view. If you guys are pinned back inside the five, does that change anything for you?
1: Um, not really. Um, at least from my aspect, I don't like I don't like to think of it as a, a different situation. Like obviously, you think like you know, if you give up a sack here, then it's probably a safety. Like that's worse than a regular sack, but. When you start doing that, you start putting uh, more expectations on you. Some guys that can't handle pressure like that. So i rather just think of it as a, a chance to get out of the situation, a chance for a longer drive and to impose our will on the defense. So I don't I don't try to think about it being too much different because whether we start on our five or their five, like we still the end goal is still to score. So you just got a longer way to do it.
0: That's very true. And the only other thing I have really from this game. You guys were getting banged up at wide receiver and Alex Magoo, obviously starting the year at the quarterback, he was in at wide receiver. Was that more so out of necessity or is this something you guys practice so far?
1: Well, no, it's not something that we practice. Definitely not. Uh, But Alex (laughs) is a really good athlete and uh, kudos to Alex, man. When he's seen guys going down, he didn't hesitate. He was the one that actually offered to hop in at receiver. He knows the offense just as good as anybody else does. And uh, one play he would like to have back, but Locking his ass off, um, running routes when he hadn't ran any else. He was tired as hell after the game. So, man, uh, I was really happy for him to go in and uh, be able to play and do well. And um, whatever way he can continue to help the team, he's going to do it. And that's how a lot of the guys on our team are. And we're like, we are, we are as successful as we have been.
0: Yeah, seriously, kudos to him. Because when he went down with injury, obviously, he was right – next to Coach Holtz when he's calling plays, being involved with the offense. You've talked about them both being involved at practice. Um, and to your point, too, uh, there's a lot more to the wide receiver position than the catches and stats. And he was, first off, yeah, hell of an athlete. He's fucking fast. He, he's yeah. looking good out there. Yeah, he's, he's um, rolling. Yeah. Yeah, and, and blocking and everything. Yeah, so, I mean, to your point, a couple plays he'd like to have back, a couple plays the whole team would like to have back. But it was another good team win. You guys clinched the playoffs. You're feeling good. And now next week, though, it's a unique situation because you play the New Orleans Breakers uh, Saturday, 3 p.m. Eastern on Fox. This is the team that is second in your division. So right now, and what it seems like, it's going to be the team that you're going to face in the playoffs. Is there any talk or any mindset of we need to not show some things? We don't need to open up the full playbook. Or is this just another week you're looking to get the win by any means necessary?
1: Um, I, I feel like the thought process is is that we need to get the win. You know, eight wins would clinch the division. And um, you know, more more than likely it is gonna be New Orleans who we will place uh in the first round of the playoffs. But uh we gotta worry about this week first, you know, this week week eight, not um uh, not the first round of the playoffs. So getting this win, um staying on Staying in um, the streak that we have been going right now and um, just being as, as good as we can be before the playoffs is uh, kind of the mindset that we have right now.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. And obviously, if, if you guys get the win, that means they get a loss. So who knows? Maybe you don't play them if they uh, get a couple more losses after that. So that mm. makes sense. OK, so we've got a question from Quicksilver123. Uh, and we talked about as the season, you know, at the beginning of the season when you guys were all in the hotel, uh, everyone was intermingling, doesn't really matter what team you were on because you were all in the same space. But now as the season progresses, is there much hanging out between different players of different teams uh, at all right now?
1: Um, it's still a little bit, you know, because a lot of guys were a really good friends before this. And uh, I mean, we're all in the same city, so we'll see guys at other places like, uh, we usually do like, a team bowling night on uh, Monday nights, and uh, we showed up uh, to the bowling alley right behind our apartments, and 10 or 15 of the Houston guys were there. So, um, you know, it's all friendly. Uh, they're talking about uh, how their season is going, saying that we should buy their game of bowling since we got all the extra money from winning, uh, stuff stuff <laughs> of that nature. But uh, there's still a little bit of hanging out going on, and uh you know, guys, guys are still getting along, even though it, it does get pretty heated on the football field. But at the end of the day, after football, you know, guys are still still good friends.
0: Yeah, and we are talking about before this uh, the podcast started how, uh, you know, talking with the Houston guys, their season has gone completely differently. But I think if you watch, you know, if you don't look at the final score, you just watch both teams play, you would say both your team and Houston's teams are very competitive. And we talked about uh, just across the league, Really, is the skill differential a ton different? Maybe not necessarily, uh, but I know uh, you have some thoughts. Like, I feel like a lot of teams are one or two plays away from drastically changing the record, and you feel the same way.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Like just, uh, just like speaking on the Houston team, like I think they've lost three games on the last play of the game. So I mean, they're one and six. So you take that away, and they're four and three, right in the thick of the playoff hunt. So it's like, um, and there's a lot of teams that are, that are similar to that. Michigan's a team that is a good team also. And they've lost uh, some games. I mean, they missed a field goal, a 19 yard field goal to win the game. So like, it's, uh, even though some of the teams, like, uh, have worse records, like, I don't think that they're that far off from being a good team. And, um, I think that's why a lot of the games have been one score games. And it's been good for the league. Um, just having close games like that and then, making sure everybody stays on their toes week in and week out. There's not one team that's just above and beyond worse than, their, than the rest. You know what I mean? So,
0: Yeah, I agree. And to your point, special teams, kicking, that has been a differential. Uh, mm-hmm. for You guys especially having a good kicker. Uh, now it feels like, you know, as it gets hotter as well, teams that are able to run the ball at the end of games and really protect the ball, protect the lead, and wind the clock down, those teams are sort of emerging as well. You guys, we talked about a few weeks ago. Running game wasn't really coming alive; It's kind of struggling. And now, uh, you guys are blocking better. You guys are grinding out the clock. Both Scarborough's come in and mm. run over basically everybody. Uh, Bobby <laughs> Holly is uh, taking punt fake punts to the house for fifty plus yards. Like, has yes, there been sir. any uh, anything changing for you guys up front, or is it just uh, you know rhythm, chemistry? Everything's finally clicking for you.
1: I feel like it's more of a click, like a rhythm and chemistry. Um, us having such a short preseason is not advantageous for offensive line play or offense at all. And um, being able to gel with the guy that you're next to and uh, coming through with uh, getting past some injuries and just knowing the guys that you're next to has uh, been helping. And uh, we're all believing in the scheme that Coach Holtz and Coach Heinbach is uh, putting together for us. And um, we're just reaping the benefits for it. Still a lot of work to do, but it uh, it is getting better.
0: I agree. Bobby Sampson A wants to know: How does the food in Birmingham compare to the food in South Florida? Uh,
1: you know what? The food in Birmingham, I'm actually pleasantly surprised with everything in Birmingham. Uh, I don't know what I was expecting, but I thought it was just going to be country, like like uh, not not a a bubbling city or anything like that. But uh, the food has been great. Uh, the people have been great. Some of the nightlife has been pretty good as well. Like, uh, But it's, there's nothing like South Florida, though, to answer the question.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay. Fair enough. He also wants to know what's the post-game meal and drink situation like for you and your team. Uh, we, he knows you already talked about the pre game meal. You want to feel skinny, but that means you got to fill back up after the game. So what right. is it you're typically doing?
1: Or well, after games, you gotta make sure you properly hydrate with tequila. It's proper hydration, and um, okay, and anything. A lot of the time, we, we'll, we'll go to uh, El Cantina, that's right across the street from the stadium. So Mexican food is a good good place to go to, or just a burger. Can't yeah. really can't really go wrong. As long as uh, okay.
0: Have you Have you tried the Rock's tequila? What's that called? I can't even remember.
1: Uh you know I've heard of it but I have not tried it yet.
0: Me neither. Might need to get on that. Uh let's write it out here with one more from Bobby and he's playing to the audience I think. Uh would you like one play where it's a goal line formation and you would line up in the backfield and get to run the ball into the end zone.
1: Absolutely. Either either a run play or a goal line fade. Let me go up and go let me
0: go up and go get it. True. True. Yeah. Split them out. Let them, Let them. Give them some space to work. Yeah. Uh. We'll go out on here, and before I do, uh, obviously Saturday, 3 p.m. Eastern on Fox, New Orleans Breakers versus the Birmingham Stallions. That'll be a big game, a good game to watch. Like I said, mm-hmm. both are top in the division, and then it's their second matchup of the season. So we'll see how that is, and obviously it could be a potential playoff matchup. Uh, But we'll end with Albert Mondego here. Is there any funny team-related stories that you can share so far? Funny stories?
1: I think it's just a funny uh, ongoing thing that we have. Like uh, Victor Bowden, big-time player, small-time voice, very, 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 very uh, loud, squeaky voice. And uh, he broke the huddle down probably the second day we were there. And everybody's like, "Dang, put some bass in your voice, or stop, stop talking like a toddler." And it just now we don't we don't break down unless it's big breaking us down. And it's like the ongoing joke: the guy with the smallest okay. voice is going to be the one breaking us down. So uh, it's a giddy up on three, and it just sounds like giddy up on three. Like so, it's it's pretty. Uh, <laughs> it is pretty, pretty pretty funny story.
0: That is good. You can always hear him wherever he is on the field. Then It's good. Yeah, exactly. makes himself known. Uh, but yeah, this was. This was Inside the USFL. I'm Zach Gruner. Jordan McRae, Birmingham Stallions, center, number one team in the league, playing big game on week eight. We're going to try to go 8-0, and oh, which would lock up the division. We'll see you guys next week. Later. Big.